Welcome to Pardon Your Spartans. I'm your host, Masi Madzai. I'm into entrepreneurship and self-development. I'm here with my honored guest, Tom Hissick. Introduce yourself, Tom. Hold on, everybody. My name's Tom. I'm an easygoing, middle-aged guy, taking care of my family, enjoying my day, and uh, just making the best out of what I got. All right. And I'm Marshall, and uh, I'm all about self-help, health and fitness. You can find my channel on YouTube at Victory Fitness, where I uh, uh, display various self-defense techniques, and it's a channel in the works, so stay tuned for that. And yeah, without further ado, let's dive in to some of our topics today. Tom, you want to start off with uh, green, uh, natural gas and greenhouse energy? Huh? Oh yeah, I mean, I guess if you want to get right into it. Um, I don't know, what are you guys' thoughts on uh, what we use today to, to power everything? What the plan is to change to it? Or if there is a plan? And uh, are they better solutions? such as renewables like wind and solar and hydro and things like that as compared to natural gas and oil and carbon emitting energy sources. You guys got any uh, pre-existing knowledge on it? Any thoughts? I have some thoughts on it, but like first we have to address the elephant in the room. Is this because of the global warming? Like, are we changing the way we use um, energy because of global warming? Oh, so you want to make it full, full-on political discussion? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know me, bro. <laughs> I mean, you know, I guess that that is the driving factor to it. But aside from that, other resources are limited, right? I mean, I look at it more for dependence on other countries and their resources getting what we need to keep ourselves sustained and not having to rely on others and yeah i think yeah. that's a bigger concern you know it's interesting i think that uh i think that maybe when it comes to oil like with gasoline we might have um not necessarily a scarcity but like 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 you said with other countries we have to kind of rely on them for trade and whatnot and um but when it comes to other resources like trees water there's so there's so much of that that I don't ever see us running out of it anytime soon. Um, you know, obviously in the future, it's important to uh, to take care of our planet so we can maintain those resources. But I don't know enough about the alternative energy sources if they're better or worse or what the case is. You know, I am for uh, limiting pollution, but um, yeah, I don't think. But I also don't think that. Uh, uh, the government should have the right or should be making everybody drive you know electric cars because I mean isn't that like a a, um, a controversial topic right now with uh, something to do with that yeah for sure um, I mean one of Biden's proposals is that you know he wants all car manufacturing to be electric uh i think within the next 10 years within the next five years he wants something like 50 percent of all automobiles produced to be electric and mm. I, I mean At whatever it costs are, like people would have to pay more for a car like that yeah and that that's that's half the argument that's heard most of the time is electric vehicles aren't cheaper they're generally 
15, 20, even 30% more for the same things you're getting, on top of which you don't have a resource structure built out for you don't have charging stations that were shit i live in a rural area i don't know if we have a charging station within you know 20 minutes of here and it might not seem like it's that big of a deal but if i'm running low i don't want to have to go take a giant detour out of the way to to charge up before i get home from something or you know plotting a route to take a day trip somewhere i don't want right. to have to go look and figure out where i'm going to to make no. that happen yeah, now if it was affordable and you and there was charging stations all around everywhere, including rural areas, then would you be on uh, in favor of it or what? Sure. I mean, then th there is no drawback at that point, right? I mean, we've got uh, the convenience, we've got affordability, and that's that's the nature. The only problem with politics and government getting involved is they they see an end goal but they don't put a great plan together as to how we're gonna get there and they just say this is when we're gonna do it by okay well what's your timetable how are you building this out oh you're not you want other people and companies to invest and spend you know forty thousand dollars to build a single charging station or a hundred thousand dollars to build a couple of them well where's their incentive most vehicles aren't electric so you can't just demand them spend the money to do it and then right. hope everything's going to follow suit so yeah i mean there's definitely concerns when you're being told that's what the end game is yeah i agree with that you know it, it's one thing for them to actually follow through or uh, to propose the idea but to follow through on it you know we need a better game plan than just like throwing it out there like oh this is gonna have to happen by you know uh sometime soon this is gonna happen uh, so. plus Plus, on a single charge, you can't travel like you would you would in a gas vehicle. On a single charge, a car doesn't uh, an electric car doesn't like go over like 300 miles, so that's not that much. And um, it says here that uh, a level one charger can take up to 40 to 50 hours to charge. Fuck that! Was <laughs> the time to wait that long for something to charge? With gas, you can just pump it and go. So it's like that's the. Yeah. And I, I mean, even if you have a turbo charger set up, you know, it, you're still talking about 45 minutes to get two thirds of your battery charged, right? So, I mean, who wants to go stop at the gas station quick or the charging station and have to kill an hour just to get wherever you're going? So, I mean, that's definitely a concern. And I mean, I will say batteries have come a long way right i mean technology has developed you know it used to be two to three hundred miles for you know good sized battery now i mean you can get four or five hundred miles out of you know a moderately charged battery or you know moderately capacity battery um and you can buy higher end ones but that just increases your end cost by thousands of dollars if you want an upgraded battery so you're kind of stranding people that can't really afford a super high-end electric vehicle while anybody that's got the money to throw around can go wherever they want and never have to worry about it so i mean yeah, it's a little bit of a, a concern there plus there's yeah, absolutely plus there's a waiting list for electric vehicles like there you have to wait like years before you can get one too after signing up for one so well as of right now yeah probably. as of right now as of now as of 2021. So, I mean, another thing too, like you gotta consider the market. I mean, 
I think last year, a total of 6% of new car sales were, were electric. Like, that's not showing a crazy demand for them, right? Like, people aren't jumping out left and right for it. Yeah, there may be a waiting list, but that's also due to shortages and issues supplying it and getting that where it needs to be. If people already have issues with charging stations and only 6% of, uh, you know, new car sales are electric, what happens when we're at 50% or 100 Like... It takes decades to build out an infrastructure to support what you, you want to have every single person using. How are you going to make that happen? Like, that's the concern. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into it, for sure. So they better come up with a better strategy if they're going to implement that in the near future. Agreed. Also, um... um also, yeah. electric cars weren't that new. There was around 19, 1832, there was the first electric car, but it didn't become um, practical until like 1870s. So even back then, they already were thinking about it, but maybe it's more practical now, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. What do you guys what do you guys think about flying cars? You think that's a possibility? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think that's just distant movies, but uh, it doesn't make sense. I, I was watching Harry yeah. Potter the other day and I saw the flying car in that, so yeah. But it was also go. it was also if, autonomous. If there, if there was if there was such a thing, would you uh, buy one if you could afford it? Uh, yeah. If it was self-flying, I would trust Masi with Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Yeah. Yo, just let Masi chauffeur us around in one of those. <laughs> yeah, I got you guys. He seems fit for the job. But yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I think flying cars actually, you know, aren't that far out of the realm and... You know, yeah, in all honesty, 10 to 15 years, you might actually see a fairly commercial market for for things along those lines. But mm-hmm. Really? How would it work, though? Like, how would you make a car fly? How do you how make, do they make a plane, plane fly? fly? <laughs> <laughs> but there's, yeah. there's like, jets, like, uh, whatever, engines that make them fly, and, like, they have propellers and shit, so cars can't have propellers. Yeah, sure they can. Why can't they? Where are, you gonna, where are you going to put the propellers? Wherever the propellers go on the plane. <laughs> okay. It would just make a car, uh, a, a plane-like car. Yeah, I mean, they actually have some, like, uh, like I guess you'd call them, like, concept ones, but, I mean, they're functioning. Like, they they can convert from a plane to a, a, a driving vehicle on the road. Um, I think one of them I was looking at, it was like, was like $150,000 obviously not cheap by any means but you know it just goes to, to prove the concept that it could work and you know obviously tons of logistics things would have to change you know where do you take off and land them but you know yeah I mean it's yeah, definitely have to be a whole air traffic system yeah for sure for sure just like they have with uh, planes though you know it's doable Absolutely, and even if you only took ten percent of the uh, the road traffic and put it up in the air, you know, then you're alleviating road driving conditions and, and opening up stuff and causing less traffic issues, and you yeah. actually solve a, lot, a large part of that just by reducing 
10, 15 percent of the people on the road from it too. So, but people can't even people can't even handle staying on a plane on a no, normal plane. So how are they going to handle going in the air? They got to take pilot pilot driving lessons. <laughs> but yeah, why not? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think anybody that's you know got the potential to to do it should be qualified and and be you know have to pass some qualification tests for it. I think that's reasonable. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be that'd be interesting to see. So, Tom, back on to fossil fuels and uh, (laughs) and uh, green energy. So, like. Is they're trying to change fossil fuels to green energy because of global warming, right? Yeah, I, I mean, again, that's that's the the big name on a lot of it. But you know, again, energy independence is a huge one. Um, just recently, Germany actually shut down its its last nuclear power plant in a transition to go completely green and you know not have any waste uh, nuclear is you know a whole topic uh, you know i kind of want to touch on a little bit but you know they're they're making a hard push for it they're all about going green but they're also a substantially smaller country than a country like the u.s and that's a bit harder of a shift for a country this large to to make a change like that on the drop of a dime or over the course of a decade right i mean it took us a hundred years to become you know developed in our electric grid and, and what we can support, you know, things take time. You can't just demand a change and expect it to change, right? There's got to be incentives. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Do you guys have any thoughts on nuclear? I'm just just curious. Uh, what I, have you guys heard? I just remember Homer Simpson putting on nuclear, uh, something nuclear in his back and then freaking out. That's all I remember about nuclear. Nuclear. <laughs> Nuclear. <laughs> yeah, he drops a plutonium rod in his pants and, and starts running around. Yeah, in his yeah. back. And his finished shirt. Oh my god. the situation with nuclear? Um think so yeah. Because besides yeah. nuclear weapons, what um what else would be powered by anything nuclear? So I mean nuclear power is actually one of the the safest and, and cleanest energy sources it's you know everybody's got these these propaganda and fear thoughts you know in their head or what they've seen in movies in these things that they've heard and you know in the last 50 years there's been three major disasters from nuclear power with like three mile island in the u.s uh fukushima in in japan and Chernobyl, most notably. Chernobyl, yeah. I was going to say Chernobyl, yeah. I remember that. And the ironic part is, out of all of those, there was only about 10 or 15 direct deaths caused by it, and only about 100 to 150 caused from nuclear fallout from those disasters. All in all, you have that many deaths from coal or gas-powered plants on a yearly basis let alone over the course of 50 years they are substantially safer i mean even like wind power right so a giant turbine there's more deaths every year from people dying from falling off or having injuries from doing maintenance on that 
people installing solar panels on roofs and, and fall accidents. The deaths are actually pretty high, actually, from from those as compared to nuclear power. So, yeah, I've yet to really see anything that's drastically changed my mind about nuclear being unsafe and not being a reliable power source. What What is it power, though? Everything. So nuclear power actually creates steam and it creates steam to drive giant turbines so just like you would have a hydroelectric dam where water pushes against a giant turbine and creates electricity from that turbine getting turned or like wind would turn a turbine and and charge a generator nuclear power does the same thing it creates steam it causes these fan blades or turbines to spin and they charge the exact same way they create electric energy that's nearly limitless based on the very limited fuel they've required uh, to operate. So then why did Germany close down their nuclear plant? Well, I, I mean, to be honest, they see it less of a green resource as solar wind sources or hydroelectric. Um, and they're shifting away from it. I'll be honest, I, I don't have a ton of information as to, to why they've really pushed away. And again, I haven't seen any great arguments against it. Um, I remember as a kid, everyone laughed at nuclear power and thought it was like the most dangerous, terrifying thing. But, you know, they, they, they talk about the nuclear waste and it being, you know, highly damaging and, and you know, unstable and, and can't be disposed of anywhere. Well, I mean, truthfully, it goes into a giant 50-gallon oil drum that's packed in, and covered in multiple layers of concealment in concrete and then buried sure it may take a thousand years to to break down but it safely disposed of it will have zero impact on any population of people plants animals or or the environment when it's handled properly have you heard of the nuclear car Mm, no like from the jetsons uh from the ford nucleon ford nucleon nucleon yeah um the ford nucleon is a concept car developed by ford in 1957 designed yeah, i was just gonna say i thought it was like the 70s yeah go on sorry <laughs> no worries as a future <laughs> nuclear powered car one uh, of a handful of such designs during the 1950s so but the the pictures some of the pictures look modern i don't know what uh, if they're still trying to develop it how would that work yeah, I mean, I think that's a bit more of a stretch for individual nuclear power because, again, you anything handled improperly has consequences, and nuclear power and in the hands of Mossy or Marshall, <laughs> um, you know, I won't just put I won't just put Mossy out there. I you're only <laughs> yeah, that's that's the game plan. Uh, just pick on Mossy. That's yeah. fine. That's fine. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, I think that's kind of a silly, you know, thought or premise. And, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe in 50 years, you know, they have a way to refine it where it's highly stable and, and can be easily moved, transported and securely stored. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as a, a large operating power plant, it, it's a very stable, reliable power source. Um, real quick, because I, I actually had some numbers up just to kind of give you an idea. So... As far as coal and oil deaths per terawatt hour of electricity, so you know, 
thousand kilowatt hours of electricity. Brown coal has roughly thirty-seven deaths per terawatt hour of electricity produced. Coal is twenty-four. Sorry, difference between brown coal and regular coal. Oil is fourteen. Gas, meaning like natural gas, is two point eight two deaths per terawatt hour. Wind is 0.04 deaths per terawatt hour of energy produced. Nuclear is 0.03 and solar is 0.02. So as far as the amount of electricity you can produce and how safe and reliable it is, nuclear is right there with solar and wind in the 0.02 to 0.04 range. What are the dangers of coal? Like what, uh, because we use, we mostly use coal right now. How does coal um, rank so high in the in the danger spectrum? Yeah, so I mean, it's a combination of environmental factors, sort of like what it produces, what it outputs, the byproducts. Right. So you know, heavy coal producing towns that you know may not be the most standardized or newest ones have super high levels of you know CO two outputs and cause issues with the air and air quality. There's chemicals that are used to to treat and deal with the waste from it that is essentially just dumped into runoff water, causing groundwater contamination and just basic ecosystem issues. Um, And you have to burn so much more of it to get the energy that you're putting that much more hydrocarbons out into the air and causing that much more runoff and, and pollution from it. Whereas nuclear, like I said, it's byproduct it makes is steam, right? There's zero byproduct created from it other than water vapor in the form of steam. And then once that, you know, actual plutonium's used up, you do have the actual biohazard waste or nuclear waste um, that needs to be disposed of properly. But it's so infrequent and, and so minuscule, it's not, not nearly the type of pollution you have from any other source by any other means. Now, I will say... Yeah, so with that being... Go ahead, yeah. sorry. No, you're good. I was just wondering, uh, with that being said, is the only reason why we don't change from change over from coal to nuclear is because the public would be outraged because they misunderstand uh, the um, results of using nuclear energy or, or what? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because, I mean, in... Okay. in the 80s and 90s there was huge pushes to ban nuclear power altogether and you know obviously i have my own feelings of government doing what's in in our best interest versus theirs well when their pocket is padded by big oil and and gas and and every other major you know resource industry yeah they're gonna push hard and do smear campaigns against it because they don't want their hundreds of billion dollar lucrative businesses shit on and destroyed that makes sense yeah because they already have they're making so much money off the oil business so why would they want to change the nuclear when it wouldn't be nearly as lucrative or popular you know absolutely tom so um i have this uh i mean i hear this uh um uh, rumor that conservatives don't believe in in global warming is that true uh, i mean i definitely think global warming is happening i think it's well you're asking me 
about conservatives or are you asking me about me? Both of them. <laughs> Both of them. I mean, I, I can't speak for most conservatives and I, I would actually say I think most of them believe in it. We also, and again, I, I hate to speak for any group of people because I think that's just ridiculous, but that's the way our world works. Um, I, I think, again, my opinion that most of them believe it's happening, but not at a catastrophic rate that the world is ending and we're driving it down in a spiral. Okay, okay, so it's it's happening, but it's not really that serious, so we don't have to take it that seriously. We can just, um, we can uh, avoid pollution because it's the right thing to do, but we don't have to worry about us dying from, like, ice, ice, uh, I think I think it's more of a future thing, you know, like it's not like anytime soon that would happen, but we got to keep an eye on it for future generations so we don't destroy the planet uh, for, you know, in, in the next a thousand years or something. But, you know, I kind of do if if Tom was speaking of the of um, conservative or like you said, he doesn't want to speak for the whole group of people. But if that really is the conservative standpoint that they believe in global warming, but they uh, just don't think it's happening at a accelerated rate, then, you know, that kind of makes sense. Like, I don't think it's, I do agree that I don't think it's happening at a rate where the world is ending anytime soon or anything like that, but it's something to keep an eye on and it does exist. You know, climate change, pollution is definitely, a, you know, playing a factor in, in uh, you know, destroying our environment. So we got to got to have some regulations on that stuff but you know yeah yeah i, I mean i'll be honest a lot of it i i really will say is propaganda and fear-mongering to to drive agendas right i mean you can look back 40 oh. 50 years even further and you can find where they say in, in 10 years the sea levels are going to rise two to three feet and you know 80 miles of coastline will be gone in 10 years the polar ice caps will be melted down to nothing in 10 years you know we're going to deplete all of our oil reserves and we have no choice but to switch to to you know renewable sources yet none of those things ever happen right in, in 10 years after that the the earth's temperature is going to rise you know five to seven degrees to the point where you know a third of our, our habitable planet is uninhabitable due to, you know, drastic changes in the environment. And those things don't happen, though, right? I mean, again, are small changes happening? Yes. But are we driving a catastrophic failure of our planet? I, I don't think so. Right. I don't know enough about it to, like, make a solid claim that, you know, that's definitely not happening, but I kind of agree. I mean, I don't think it's happening at a like super accelerated rate, but we're we're like doomed or anything anytime soon. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think that there, yeah, there's some small things happening, like you said, but we just have to, you know, make some changes when it comes to pollution, and that's why I do think I strongly agree with your point of like changing, uh, you know, to an alternative power source other than coal, because coal is, you know that's known to clear uh, the, by the numbers that you gave, it's known to be dangerous, but it's also, I, I just know that the only thing I really know about coal is that it's definitely bad for the environment. And it's causing a lot of pollution with the coal burning of coal, I think is what it is. Yeah. 
Yep. Right. So. Uh, I was surprised to hear that solar was the the least amount of dangerous. I mean, the least dangerous. Solar um, had the least deaths per per whatever number. What would you say per capita hour? <laughs> per per terawatt hour. Per terawatt hour. <laughs> right, right. So it's a per thousand kilowatts of energy made essentially. So How terawatt you, hour. You want to hear a quick funny story about solar? I uh, back in December I worked at a um, through a temp agency at the at a solar plant and um, like a solar f- field actually like a so all solar panels were um, going around for like acres and acres of yeah. uh, throughout a field and <laughs> the funniest thing happened uh, I was just standing there I was working with my friend who I was doing the job with and then all of a sudden one of the panels like uh, sparked and caught fire <laughs> And um, yeah, it's just like out of nowhere, something started sparking, and then there's a fire, and then smoke, and everything. And ev- uh, the guy who was, who was like our supervisor just like stayed calm, like you know, handled the problem. And he started laughing his ass off. He's just like, "That's hilarious." He's like, "That's the first time that's ever happened." He's like, "That's probably a one in a million chance that would happen," and you guys got to witness it. <laughs> you know? Wow. Wow. How yeah, did he, so did kind he, of a funny story. How did he put out the fire? Did he throw water on it? I don't remember. They they like disconnected one of the circuits or something, you know. I don't I don't remember. Like something they I really couldn't tell you how they did it, but they they put an end to it. Okay. Okay, that's what's up. <laughs> that's what's up. So but, oh, go ahead. So Marshall, uh Tom, do you have any other topics you wanna discuss or should we move on? Yeah, I mean, I'm good with that. You know, I was just curious what your guys' thoughts were on, on that side of it, but no, I'm good there. You convinced me. You already convinced me. We got to get rid of uh, nuclear, and we got to go solar. <laughs> just kidding. Get rid of nuclear. Well, you know, except two thirds of our, our solar panels and, and solar panel production come from China. So you know. Oh wow. Energy. Wow. Hey, you know, we talk energy independence as being a huge point from it, right? Well, then we need to beef up our solar industry to to be as effective and, and able to be self reliant. So, do we already you know, make? Again, it goes both ways. Do we already um, get uh, oil from our own from America? Because like uh, oil isn't really imported like that. We make we have oil plants, right? Uh, most of ours is imported. Oh wow! I thought we had a lot of oil. Like we had the same amount as Saudi Arabia did. No, so I mean, they, they've definitely got more. Uh, Venezuela is actually one of the, the largest oil producing countries. Um, they found a, a shit ton of it about 20 years ago. Um, drastically changed their, their entire country. But, you know, honestly, we do have strategic oil reserves and we do have regular plants that are being pumped. Um, in all fairness, you know, I, I get a lot of like flack for this, but. I say buy it from other countries because just like any other precious commodity, it's not going down in price. Even if we convert everything off of it, you still need oil to produce thousands. I mean, you'd be dumbfounded about how much oil is used just in stuff you have around your house. All plastics are made from oil. Most people don't know that. Um, you know, rubbers and compounds made from oil lubricants anything needed to to maintain any kind of engine from wear and tear made from oils right it's 
it's staggering to, to know how much oil is used everywhere. So even if we change off of it for a primary energy source, it's always going to have value. So you know what? Let's use up Saudi Arabia's or another country's for now. And then when we need to use ours in 100 years, it's going to be worth 10 times as much. Ah, uh, damn. Thinking outside the box. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was wondering why you wanted to use theirs, but I get you now. Okay. Wow. Nope. But yeah, that's more of a financial thing versus, a, you know, using using it for the environmental factors. But uh, uh, So Venezuela has a shit ton of oil, huh? I didn't know that. Yeah, shit ton. Um, I don't know if they have. Well, I'm just kind of curious. Uh, top oil producing countries. And just so you guys know, if you ever hear the term OPEC, a lot of people hear that. That's a uh, oil producing and exporting countries. So OPEC countries. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Yeah. You're looking up. Hmm. You. What are you looking up? Yeah, maybe I'm wrong on that. The world's biggest oil producers, the U.S., is actually at the top. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Interesting. So, I wonder how someone just discovered oil and, and you know, found out that it powered certain things like a engine of a car that's one of life mysteries that's like that's like how did they discover electricity it's like how did they know that yeah same thing yeah yeah it's very fascinating well Well, you know we used to use whale oil we used to use whale oil for everything and then we over overwhelmed and depleted the oceans of whales um oh wow like, who, who the hell would have thought that <laughs> how do you get whales on a fucking boat like they must have had giant fucking boats or something oh yeah they did i wonder what what, what they use whale oil for just everything i mean it was used as a fuel source just heat i, I mean everything i mean that's that was one of the 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 us's like huge things when we were you know just developing as a country and whale oil was uh excessively used and then we had to find some other sources and then we found this black stuff coming out of rocks and we're like we'll try and set that shit on fire and see what happens yeah right (laughs) 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 oh man that's good that's good because yeah i guess this experimentation trial and error over time people just started discovering what works and what doesn't for certain things yeah so um all right so i think we this we we uh discussed that enough uh let's move on to the topics you want to talk about marshall what do you want to discuss now well did you have any topics that you wanted to no uh just the same one as you like what what's your favorite books or movies we can do top three for each and then talk about why we like them okay you go first marshall all right yeah give me one second though that to look up Google Doc. What's I made a list of top movies I have. 
Alright, we'll discuss... Let's discuss books first and then movies. Leave the exciting stuff for after. <laughs> well, actually, I got, I got a more general question for you guys. Sure. What are, you, what are your favorite genres? Uh, I like... Uh, I like... Uh, fantasy and like uh, supernatural. Okay. So like Twilight. I, 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 <laughs> Twilight. I, I actually. Twilight. <laughs> I I want to sparkle like Edward when I go in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got a Twilight fanboy. What about you, Marshall? <laughs> <laughs> I like Twilight fanboy. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing. Twilight, um, nice. I'm, I'm a. I like drama, um, comedy, drama and comedy. I'd say are my two favorite genres. So what, what kind we- of drama? I, I like and either um, crime drama or sports drama, stuff like that. Okay. So you like more realistic Yeah, situations. realistic stuff. Okay. Yeah, same with Boring. Boring. I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's so funny because me, Masi and I rarely agree on games or movies or anything because he's all about fantasy and I like realistic stuff, you know? So it's funny. So, and I, I like asking that question because people usually fall into like one side or the other with it. I, I'm all about sci-fi and you know fantasy stuff to me oh you are too yeah and i mean i can kind of justify it like if i want real life i go experience real life i want drama i can go call my family and you know talk to my co-workers (laughs) that's that's one way to look at it i guess but you know you can still like drama like realistic drama movies and see how they relate to either your life or real life in general okay Tom, are you uh, rather than? Yeah, it's, it depends on how you look at it, I guess, and and that's why you know uh, it's all relative. It's all your opinion, of what you like and what you don't like, movie yeah, wise, you know, genre wise. Tom, so are you Edward or Jacob, buddy? Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm Jacob all all the way. Oh, come on! Wow, <laughs> I'm Edward. Well, that makes you Edward. <laughs> So it boils down to werewolves or vampires, if you had to pick. Oh, yeah. Well, Masi always says he's a werewolf. No, I say I'm a mountain lion. I say I'm a mountain lion. but he's a lion, yeah. <laughs> but Close enough. What would you pick, Marshall? Would you pick werewolf or vampire? Um, well, tell me more about each one. Like, what, <laughs> what let, are the pros and cons here? I'll let Tom tell you. I'll, I'll let Tom tell you. He's more uh, articulate. Well, so I mean, you know, this unrealistic shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's all make believe anyway, so let's have fun with it. <laughs> but vampires, I mean, it could be a bunch of different stuff, right? Like, it could be, you know, immortality, right? But now, is it immortality with immortal youth or eternal youth, I guess? Um, so, you know, I, I don't want to live forever if I'm going to be getting all old and decrepit and shit, but. You know, so vampires typically have eternal youth with it. They have, you know, healing abilities. You know, if we're looking at different 
supernatural abilities. Some of them are like telepathic or, you know, they can, they have heightened senses for like emotional things like that. Um, but you got to feed on, on people. You can't be out during the daylight. You can feed on rabbits. You can feed on squirrels, okay? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> deer. Deer. And then you'll always have the hunger because it's never satiated by by your squirrels and mice and, and deer. <laughs> right, right, right. You have the thirst, right? You know, there, there's that, that urge that's always going to be driving and, and kind of lingering in the back of your mind. Uh, or there's werewolves where you can be completely normal throughout the day no issues you know if you you get riled up you know you may get in an intense situation yeah you could wolf out and you know end up turning into a werewolf uh, no that's just once a month you can't do it every time <laughs> well i mean again you know there, there's tons oh of there's variations right 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 yeah yeah you know and you know some some are, you know, just on a full moon. Some are, you know, I guess would lean more towards like lycanthropy where you can transform at will or if you're in like a heightened emotion state. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you, you could transform when you don't want to and then you have less control over yourself. Werewolves can still function somewhat rationally, but will be driven by more base instincts. So, you know. If they're in a rage, they may just attack somebody that was pissing them off and not really have restraint. So you got to deal more with. I got. I think I'd go with a vampire. <laughs> yes, yes. Welcome to the side, brother. Welcome to the right side. We're gonna we're gonna go against what time. That, team Edward. <laughs> team Edward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for thanks for winning him on my side, Tom. You're the best. Yeah, absolutely. I let people make their own decision, wrong or right. <laughs> nice. Well, it wasn't that much better than being a werewolf, but it was <laughs> just enough. So I will tell you, Marshall, if you like drama, um, I know sci-fi or fantasy isn't isn't your thing, but if you've never seen the movie Interview with a Vampire, um, that would be on my top lists, and so I'm kind of glad this conversation got brought up because it is a phenomenal movie. Um, okay, okay. I saw that last month, Tom. I saw that last month. It was amazing. You finally watched it? Yeah, bro. It was it so on, good. Is it on any pl- streaming platforms like Netflix or Paramount or Peacock? I want to say the last time I checked, I saw it on Paramount, but. It's been a while, so I wouldn't know offhand. Mossy, what'd you watch on? Or I, I, watched, I watched it on a website. On a website. Crackdreams.org. What is it called? It's like zeochipsomething.com. But I don't. Marshall doesn't like shady websites, so it's not really shady. I've been watching everything on there, and I haven't had any problems, so I might send you the website. I might send you the website, Marshall. Check it out. So I told Mossy to watch that movie for like the last year and a half because he does like vampires and hands down one of my favorite movies, not just because of vampires or, or, you know, sci-fi, but it literally goes into the drama of pros and cons of it, the repercussions, the, the conflict you have, you know, of living for long periods of time, right? So the main character gets turned and I, I want to say it's like the 1600s 
and the interview takes place in 1990s and he literally talks about everything that's led up to where he is right now and all of the turmoil all the pain he's went through he's like i may be immortal but i suffer more than you'll ever have an understanding of because your life is so insignificant and short compared to mine and what i'll go through it's you know a great movie tom cruise is like the the main actor um brad pitt's in it uh antonio banderas uh, I, I think oh, really i, I think yeah. i think brad pitt uh, no yeah i think brad pitt is the main actor bro brad pitt is yeah he's the main tom actor cruise's, yep and tom cruise is the one that initially turns him yep yeah um, into a vampire yeah and like teaches him what it's like the the expectations you know it's yeah man I, I recommend it awesome movie so there's one of my tops uh, yeah no I appreciate that recommendation I'll have to check it out Tom point soon. while you're at it can you give us two top uh, top movies again I mean two top movies we'll, we'll do three each and then we'll we'll be good yeah you know that's, that's always a challenge because you know favorites change by the day um <laughs> hmm I mean, to be cheesy with it, Die Hard is one of my favorite movies. Ah, yeah, I'll that's just, great. I'll just put it out there. That's great. <laughs> I, I can't, you know, everyone asks, you know, is it a Christmas movie? Hell yeah, it's a Christmas movie. And it's in any other time of the year you want to watch type of movie, but that's a... I, I heard it's a Christmas movie? I, know, I guess I've never seen it then, because I know it has Bruce Willis in it, right? yeah, yeah. Oh man, you never seen the original Die Hard? I mean, they're all pretty oh. good, you know, in, in their own respects, but yeah. the first one takes place around Christmas, so it, mm -hmm. it's people kind of just, you know, relate to it as being a oh, Christmas movie that. because of that. Yeah. It's yeah. the most badass Christmas movie around. There's no Christmas movie like it, though. For sure. But yeah, great action movie. Right. Bruce Willis when he's younger, and, uh, you know, just. Badass, yeah. Hmm. You're selling me on that one too. I'll have to check that out too. <laughs> All right, Tom. One more. One more. Oh man. Um, let me circle back on that. Let me hear what you guys come up with. See if that jogs my memory. All right. Um, Marshall, do you want to go first for your favorite movies? Yeah, I mean, it depends what genre. Like, I think we should do like three top drama. Movies, three top comedy movies. No, first, action, you know? first, first, do your th top three favorite movies. Just do your top three favorite movies. Just in general. Yeah, just in All general. Right. Well, I got the list right here, so let me, let me think. The Departed is definitely on there. Uh, with in the top three. Why do you like it? Uh, Go into detail. Well, why it's, you like it. it's a drama movie, crime drama movie, but it has a little bit of comedy action. I think it's really well put together. It's like the whole plot is just really engaging. I don't know. If that's not much of a review, but that, that's why I like it, though. That's good. That's solid. I like that. Yeah. That's nice. Okay. Any actors that stand out to you in that one? I know it's got a pretty yeah, I mean, big cast. Yeah, DiCaprio is great in it. You know, um, Wahlberg is. Matt Damon. Mark Wahlberg is hilarious. Yeah, and Matt Damon, they're all really... The acting is great, too. That's another... You know, Jack Nicholson, that's another good um, reason why I really like that movie, the acting. And 
the comedy mixed with the the plot and the action scenes and everything else. So it's okay. definitely on my top three. Uh, have you ever seen that movie? I honestly have never seen the whole thing through. I, I started it once okay. and then watched another. Dropped by a friend's house and watched like forty five minutes in the middle. I don't know. Never did much for me. I'm not big on crime and drama. I get a lot okay. of yeah. shit from my friends because they all like it. But yeah, mob and crime stuff never really did much for me. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, teach his own. Yeah. I like um, uh, Gridiron Gang is really good with the rock in it. Uh, it's a football movie. And let's see. They're in. They're in the prison, right? They're in prison. Yeah, it's like they're in jail, and then they start a football team, and they go from criminals to, you know, uh, that are rival gang members, and they all then they start to uh, bond with each other, and there's a whole bit bigger story to it, but it's a really great movie. Wasn't that the Adam Sandler really? movie, Longest Yard? Isn't that the same? The no, same no, premise? No. Oh yeah, yeah, no. yeah. It's similar. No. It's similar. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. Uh, Gridiron Gang is really uh, uh, serious, and it's it's not a comedy at all. It has nothing to do with uh, the Longest Yard and Adam Sandler. <laughs> it's completely different. <laughs> they both started a football team, though. Well, I mean, the football aspect is yeah similar, but that's the only thing that they have in common. Oh, okay. I've in football teams. It's a pretty specific. <laughs> Similarity, yeah. but yeah, yeah, I feel good. <laughs> uh, one of my, and then the other one would probably be The Dark Knight with Heath Ledger. That uh, that one is definitely. Oh, look at you! You like fantasy? You like fantasy, man? It's not fantasy. It's realistic. <laughs> it's Batman. It's Batman. <laughs> it's Batman. Seen the Batman before, right? It's uh, Batman. But, uh, yeah, I guess I suppose it's slightly. Wait, what what genre would that be, Dark Knight? I honestly don't know. Action fantasy or something? Superhuman fantasy. Yeah. Superhuman fantasy? Superhero fantasy. Superhero fantasy, yep, that's true. That's true. But then some some runner-ups would be like this movie called Ray by Ray Charles. It's a good movie. The Godfather, Scarface, uh, American History X. That's a really good movie with Edward. Oh, Warren. man, that is a fucking awesome movie. I haven't seen that in years. And yeah, growing up, my, yeah, man, my friends would want to watch that like every day. I'd have like different group of friends who were like, oh man, we should watch it. I was like, dude, I watched it twice this week. All right, I guess we're watching it the third time. But yeah, that's a really solid movie. Um, El Camino was like a uh, a movie uh, at following Breaking Bad because Breaking Bad is my favorite show of all time, hands down. Um, it's really one of the only shows I like, but it's, I think it's a masterpiece, Breaking Bad. So the movie was really good too, actually, called El Camino. Okay. Uh, I started Glorious Bad. I never finished it. Oh, it's amazing. You should, if you actually, uh, you know, give it a solid chance and stick with it, you might actually get really into it. You know, maybe you won't. It depends on what you like, but. You know, I uh, I got hooked on it, and I just rewatched it for the second time. Uh, I watched, I mean, I watched it back in like 2015, 
every episode, every season, and then I just rewatched it recently. Uh, again, about a, two months ago, I watched every episode and every season again, and the movie because Damn. it was that good. And uh, yeah, uh, also a really good director is uh, Quentin Tarantino. He's that movie in Glorious Bastards. Um, what else? Yeah, uh, the Django Unchained. Django Unchained, rather. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like that one all that much. I, I mean, it was good, but mm-hmm. a little bit too out there. Tarantino's good, but I think sometimes I just want a little bit more from him. Like, I, I don't want it to be so over the top because then it takes away from what actually is a good story. Um, yeah, what do you mean over the top? That's an interesting thing to say about... um or an interesting critique about his movies like how, how is it over the top so I mean it could be a variety of things I mean his character personalities tend to be like a lot of whatever type of character it is like if you're sarcastic you're super sarcastic if you're the bad guy like you're villainously the bad guy like Sometimes yeah. characters lack a little bit of subtlety or situations do. Um, you know, action scenes, you know, there's over the top can just be a lot. I don't know. I guess it's hard to kind of put into words, but. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean, kind of. I, I still like it, but yeah, each his own again. Um, yeah, no, and then, again, I like him. Yeah. I think he's really good. But... Yeah, yeah. And then the, he's got that other movie, Reservoir Dogs. That's pretty good. Um, yep, Fight, Fight Club is a classic. Braveheart is a pretty good movie. The Pat- the Patriot with Mel Gibson, Heath Ledger. That's a really good movie. Hell yeah. Uh, the, Pursuit, the Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith. That's a good movie. Uh, and then when, when it comes to comedies, like The Other Guys, 21 Jump Street, Baywatch, those are all fun. Hell yeah. So actually, random question just kind of popped in my head. You jogged my memory. Um, you guys ever see The Greatest Showman? Uh, I no, think, no. No. I wanted to see that, but I didn't see it. It's more like a circus movie, right? Yeah, so it's actually about uh, Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey. Um, and their development of the circus and, and you know, the show is We All Knew It in the 1900s. Um, honestly, Marshall, I think that would actually be right up your alley. Uh, it's it's drama oh, yeah. in really interesting ways. Um, you know, you kind of kicks you back to the early 1900s and, you know, people, dude, I can't remember, he's like an accountant or something and their firm just closes out of the blue and he's like, I have no clue what I'm going to do. And then all of a sudden, he comes up with this idea to start a show with people that are odd, unique, and, you know, putting on shows to, to entertain people and develops a circus out of it and gets ridiculed by society. You know, the, they're freaks, they're, they're outcasts, and he's glorifying them and making them popular. And yeah, I mean, it's a, it's really interesting, you know, and really good. Music. Yeah, that does sound yeah. pretty good. Um, so it's called The Showman. The Greatest Showman. Oh, The Greatest Showman. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to, look in, I'll have to check that out, too. 
Hugh Jackman's uh, the main character in it. He does a really good job. Yeah, I have to write that down just to remember it. Hugh Jackman, yeah, the guy that plays Wolverine, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, nice. so some of my favorite movies are Spider Man, not no, not Spider Man, uh, uh, Harry Potter movies. Nobody asked you. <laughs> I, I know that's why I jumped in. <laughs> oh man! So the uh, the Harry Potter movies because it's really nostalgic and like. I like the atmosphere when I first came to America in 2000 in 2001 they had the first they had the first uh, uh, Harry Potter movie coming out and they had the commercial and I always remember Hagrid carrying the Christmas tree into the house which was really awesome um, so that's nostalgic uh, I like all the Harry Potter movies and then my second one would be uh, Spider-Man 1 um, it's it, I, I, I could relate to Peter Parker a lot because I was a badass and in high school, I would do backflips and beat up people. So, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> my third favorite movies are the Hobbit movies. I remember a fond memory of just like chilling one night and drinking a bunch of beers and watching The Hobbit. It was so surreal. It was so surreal. <laughs> it was really nice. Um, a different being in a different like world is always a plus to me. Like. I get bored of my world, so I want to dive deep into some, like, a fantasy world, so that's, those are my hmm. three favorite movies, and then, um, one more was... You gotta jump in so you said The Hobbit, you think The Hobbit is better than Lord of the Rings? It was for me, it was for me, because... <laughs> <laughs> I'm with Marshall, nobody asked you. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Wow, wow, wow. I didn't say anything about your choices, but okay. I see how it is. I see how it is. But yeah. Um, well, what was what was the one you mentioned last, Marshall? Um, there was one that you mentioned last that I really liked, too. Um, the Patriot? No, not the Patriot. It was another one. Um, Braveheart? Nope. Uh, Fight no. Club. Fight Club. Fight Club was another good movie. I... Uh, it was very um, eye-opening. Uh, they want to sell us the dream that everybody can become millionaires, but it's not true. <laughs> so, <laughs> those are my favorite movies. So, Tom, do you have any other? Do you have any books that you like uh, growing up or in general? Well, I did want to circle back to movies because you kind of got me thinking of a few in there that. I really like Leonardo DiCaprio. I didn't like him much when I was younger, um, but he's right. done some awesome movies. Yeah, he has. Yeah, he has. The Catch Revenant is good. You know, I've never actually seen The Revenant, and everyone has told me to see that, and then other people have like, dude, don't waste it. It's two and a half hours of like scratching your head or trying to keep <laughs> your eyes open. So I'm torn on that one. Um, but yeah, Catch Me If You Can is an awesome one with him and Tom Hanks. If you guys haven't seen that, freaking phenomenal movie. What's Funny. the premise of that movie? Because I've seen the uh, like it, I've seen it pop up on Netflix or something, but I never watched it. What's the premise of it? So Leonardo DiCaprio is a forger and a con man. He essentially Tom Hanks is an FBI agent that's like tracking him down and knows him because he's dealt with him in the past, and it starts with him just like small stuff forging a check forging his name on something 
you know, just to, to get some money or, or something quick. And then he starts forging bigger stuff or, you know, conning people and like, he'll take on a completely different persona and ends up being a pilot at one point, faking everything, fakes his credentials and his pilot's license. He fakes being a lawyer, fakes being a doctor and literally just lives these pieces of his life until Tom Hanks essentially is catching up and he's like, I have to leave everything behind now because they're on to me. He knows, you know, I've left too much of a trail and he's literally just getting chased throughout his whole life by Tom Hanks. Um, and it's all based on a true story too, which is actually the, the funniest part of all of it. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Based on a true story, huh? But yeah, that sounds, that sounds decent. And then if I got to throw in a couple more DiCaprio ones going back further, there's The Island. I think that's what Oh, that was really good. That was really good. I like that a lot. Good trippy movie. I watched that as a kid and, you know, that one always kind of stuck with me. Uh, Great movie there. And then one that's even further back. One of his first movies that almost nobody knows that's one of, like, his most compelling movies is the Basketball Diaries. Uh, it's a horribly depressing movie, but it's so freaking good. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is a high school kid that's got scholarships and about to, you know, get out of a shitty environment, family that has nothing, and he gets hooked on drugs. And it's about that. I mean, I, I won't go into too much on it, but it's a really good movie. I'm depressed What's the enough. Name of that one again? The Basketball Diaries. Oh, the Basketball. Okay. I'm depressed enough. I don't yeah. need to see a movie that's going to depress me, bro. <laughs> yeah. You're depressed? You don't seem depressed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm depressed on the inside. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, The Basketball Diaries, huh? That sounds. That sounds like a good one. That's with Leonardo DiCaprio, too? Yep, one of his first movies, too. Oh wow, pretty old then. Yeah, he's, um, I mean, he legitimately plays a high schooler and he looks like he could actually be a high schooler, not like the ones now where you look like you're 25 or 30 playing a high schooler. Yeah, I, right. I remember his movie when he, when I was in uh, like elementary school or middle school, uh, uh, Huckleberry Finn. Huckleberry Finn, you remember him? What's, they made a movie about that with him? Yeah, they made a movie with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in it. Oh shit! Yeah, it was interesting. Um, was the island the movie where he gets like brainwashed and shit? No, um, it's where he takes a vacation trip to Thailand and finds this little island that is kind of mysterious. And everybody talks about if people go there, they don't come back, and that there's either you know secretive shit going on there and some people like no they're just there's drug dealers that live there people like it's a spiritual area that you know nobody should go to and him and his friend are like dude let's go paddle out there it's like two miles i gotta you know paddle out on some surfboards and, and get out there and meet a couple people that go with them and then they find out what's really on the island um uh-oh uh-oh <laughs> <laughs> it is Okay, what's what's that m- movie called? Uh, he's in it, I think. In um, he goes to uh, insane asylum, or it's like an insane asylum on an island. Uh, fuck, what is it called? Uh, Jogger Island. What is it? 
Shutter Island. Shutter Island. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking about. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good one too, man. Yeah, that's an insane one. It, there's a lot of twists and shit in it. Yeah, a good psychological thriller. <laughs> yep. He's in a lot of good movies. He really is. Like, the dude Leonardo is Leonardo. a solid actor, for sure. He's Hands a really down. phenomenal actor, too. Yep. Oh, Inception, bro. That was fucking amazing. Yeah, right? Yeah, that's another freaking awesome one. Yeah. Wow. That was one of those movies that got hyped up so much before I actually saw it. I was like, yeah, it's pretty good, but everybody else talked it up so much. I was like, I don't know if it'll ever meet the expectations I had in my head, but it was a, a phenomenal movie, too. So. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised his wife fucking killed the kids and then killed herself. Uh, wait, she was in a she was in a dream state or something? Do you remember what mm-hmm. happened? No. His wife was dead, I thought. Uh, she was, but she was in his inception when he was in the, I don't know how, um. She's got a movie, too. And so wasn't it the whole thing that he got stuck in his own mind at the end because he didn't want to leave her? Right, yeah, something like that. And the totem was spinning, so he knew he was in his mind. I think something like that. Okay, okay. But yeah, I, I like movies like that that get you playing on like the psyche and, and the human mind itself and things like that. Definitely. Yeah. Did you watch that movie, Marshall? What was it? The Shutter Island? Yeah. No, I've never seen it. I gotta. No, no. This, these are all movies are. Huh? Inception. Oh yeah, I've seen Inception. Yeah, I seen it when it came out. What I remember you- I was in uh, this like summer something when I was a teenager and then uh, we all went to see it at actually that movie theater right by your house Massey in Pittsburgh Plaza oh, the one okay. that used to be there okay. but anyway uh, yeah that was a good movie um, had Leonardo DiCaprio and I remember and it was just basically um, they, were, they were in like an alternative reality right or something I'm trying to remember it because it was so long ago that I seen it or they, they kept waking up it was like a dream within a dream or something or yeah so they were trying to like get information from this guy and he obviously wouldn't just tell him so they put him in like this dream state then go into his dreams so they could manipulate stuff around him to convince him to give him information that they needed um it's essentially like just trying to scam them like in the long and short of it but they do it through going into his dreams and then they have to do a dream within a dream because they need to go into a deeper level yeah Yeah. you know you know it's you know it's funny when when i went to go see it we were all like you know 13 or 14 everybody was so fucking confused by that movie everybody's like what what was that uh didn't they come out with a sequel i think they came out with a sequel no. no way. Yeah, I swear. I thought they came out with a sequel. Uh, it was somewhere in like uh, uh, a winter tundra place. Let me see. Um, I'm going to find that. It had to have flopped and been with a whole bunch of C-list actors. <laughs> yeah. And so, oh, no. No, they didn't yeah, make Inception 2. Peter, like, we just got mind fucked. <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't make it. They didn't make it. They were going to make it, but they didn't make the second one. So you did ask uh, about books, and sadly, 
but honestly, um, I only have read a book in about five or six years. Um, but I did read a lot growing up and, uh, one of my favorite books was called not a penny more, not a penny less. Um, and the whole premise of the book is this guy gets conned out of like $200,000, $250,000 by this business guy. And, you know, at first it, it seems legitimate and he's like, no, and kind of digs into it. And he's like, yeah, dude, I got fucking swindled by this guy. And as he's digging in, he finds some leads that lead to other business interactions and, and talks to these other people and finds out they had similar situations. So they all ended up losing about the same amount of money, totaling about a million dollars across them all. And they essentially are like, we're doing the same thing to him. We're getting our money back. We're not trying to come ahead. We're just trying to get it right. Not a penny more, not a penny less. We want our money back and we're going to do it to him the way he did it to us. And they go through the long con and the main character ends up getting into his family through his daughter. He starts a relationship with her and starts going through. And I, I mean, I, I guess I can kind of give it away because, uh, you know, I don't think any of you guys are going to just pick this book up and read no, it. No, I'm, I'm reading it right now as you talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, I just ordered it on Amazon. Yeah, it's like a movie where you guys might end up watching it, but um, but yeah. So in the long and short of it, so they go through everything, and they've got this con set up, and they're gonna essentially swap some. I think it was some like paintings out to get their money back, and he ends up falling in love with this guy's daughter and they're at his wedding you know towards the end of the book and as a wedding present the guy gives him a million dollars and now they're all like well he just gave us our money back we got what we wanted do we continue with Not the con or, or don't we or, you know are, are you still in love with her or, or, you know, did you convince yourself you were to, to, to pull this off and just the kind of conflict that comes from it and some other issues that arise from it. But yeah, I mean, it's a, definitely a good book. That one always stuck with me. Nice. Yeah. That's a good explanation of what that book is about. Wow. Those thorough yeah. as fuck, man. I, I can't do that. I can't explain books like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I read The Alchemist a couple years ago. I can't really explain it either, though. I'm not really that great at explaining certain books. I'd have to read it like two or three times for me to get a full grasp on what, what it's all about and how to explain it thoroughly. Right. Uh, give, give me a, a quick idea. Like, was it a... I mean, is it about alchemy? It's called The Alchemist. No, it's about a, it's a story about a... I think uh, not really a kid, but like kind of a teenager, like uh, in the Middle East, who takes a voyage and an adventure to. Uh, um, uh, I think like the it was like to discover himself or something. I don't know. It's hard to explain. But I read that whole book. It's crazy how I read the whole book, but I can't really explain it. And it was a, while, a few years ago, but I have to. I'd have to read it again to jog yeah. my memory 
<laughs> I, I I think the reason I've shifted away from books is that yeah. it's hard to relate to people with them. Right. Yeah, it's hard to relate to people and it's hard to remember and like retain the information over a long period of time unless you like drill it into your brain, you know? So right. Yeah, that's my problem with books too. I mean, I think maybe audiobooks are better. I've I've never really I think I've only tried doing one audiobook before. Or listening to one audiobook. But um back in the day I used to read a lot of books and I used to um listen to a lot of books, audiobooks. One of my favorite was Super Better. Um and Super Better was uh not only breaks down the science behind games and how they can help us become physically, emotionally and mentally uh <laughs> and socially stronger, but also gives us <laughs> <laughs> literally reading a synopsis on how to you've been caught. No, I did, I did. No, but honestly, I, I remember what it was about. It was the sound. trying to sound like you knew what you were talking about. <laughs> no, I remember what it was about. I was just you trying to. Giggling like a little girl, he may have told it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I, I remember what it was about. Original I just... synopsis, <laughs> <laughs> I just needed to re- refresh my mind. The book is about the science behind how vid- video games help us. Uh, the video game is about, uh, not the video game, the book is about the si- science of video games and how they help us um, in the long run. And, and like, they help us get better physically, emotionally, and mentally. Um, different different types of books have different types of, no, not different types of books, different types of video games have different types of effects on us like some uh horror games uh make you better at handling stressful situations and anxiety situations so that's one of the things i I got from it but it was a really good book i remember back in the day i rec i recommend it you can get the audio book and they have an app too so it's like they have a lot of uh resources for it but it since you play games, Marshall doesn't really play games anymore like that. But since you play games, Tom, it's a really good book to to look at, take a look at. Okay, it's called Super Better. Yep, Super Better. Okay, sounds interesting. I can definitely find some some good crossover from something like that. Yeah, it's um, it talks about the science of video games, and I, I love video games so. And then uh, you you read that book, One Simple Idea, too, right? Yeah, one simple idea was about um, uh, calling up companies and talking about intellectual property, like um, coming up with ideas for designs for better for better designs for them. And all you have to do is um, you don't have to, you don't have, even have to come up with a physical product. You just come up with like a, um, a a drawing of a product or something, and then you make them sign it that it's your intellectual property, and then they pay you. You patent the pro- you patent the intellectual property, and then they pay you um, when they sell products. So, it's really interesting too. <laughs> that is the biggest load of bullshit I've ever heard. No, you look it up. Uh, I'm just, I'm just well, kidding. <laughs> I mean, in all honesty, I was gonna say that's not even super. <laughs> super high level like that's actually something people do like they're you know they they build something and they essentially either sell it to they patent it so they have rights to it like that's the whole point of getting a patent so someone can't be like 
Yeah, exactly. And then they'll sell it to them or have somebody make it for them um, or just outright sell them the idea for $100,000. It may make, you know, hundreds of, of millions in the long run, but they're like, I'm not really a business person. I'm an idea person. And yeah, there's people that make a living doing that. Yeah. The book was showing you how to do that with like he, the guy himself came out with the Jordan, uh, Michael Jordan wall balls where you have the Michael Jordan figure in the back and you have a basketball attached to it and then you keep it in your room and you just throw ball, uh, balls in there. So that was his, yeah. um, it was really interesting. Uh, intellect, I didn't know anything about intellectual property until I read that book. I, I thought it was, so. Right. So guys, we're at 116. Do you want to continue or do you want to call it a night? Uh, what should we do? What should we do? Hey, I'm good with a few more minutes. I mean, we're kind of just wrapping okay. up a few ideas here. Yeah, let's go to like 11. Ended at 11. It's 10.53 right now. So. Okay. Yeah. Sounds like a plan. Um, but yeah, I mean, all in all, have you guys read any books recently? I'm just curious. In 2021, I read about five books, I think, in uh, in two weeks. <laughs> I haven't picked up a book since. So, Oops. I yeah. get that. I mean, I, I like the challenge method. Um, you know, to kind of like say, "Hey, I'm going to read a book this month," and you know, pick one, read through it, and it just kind of you know, it's get setting yourself a short term goal. So, I think that's a cool idea. It's not like it's anything you won't enjoy in the long run. I mean, unless you picked a really shitty book, but you know, I think that's a good thing to do once a year. And I kind of want to get back into that. Um, But all in all, I mean, I won't say I'm lazy. I'm selfish with my time and to be able to sit down and commit to really investing into a book. I challenge, you know, I I struggle with that. That's a challenge for me. Um, Cause I got to take, a long time to get myself in that headspace build up this you know imaginary world and, and get myself into that headspace and then really start sinking into that book and like by the time I start doing it I'm like shit I gotta go to bed an hour ago and you know that I'm not enjoying it so much so yeah I don't know if you yeah yeah if you if you read a book that's relating to what you already do like super better it talks about the science of video games and everything so if you do if you read a book that's already relating to what you want to do anyways it might encourage you to read the book more so check that out. that's true i guess i'm thinking more for fiction books but that's actually true something i haven't considered is relatable or practical books right it doesn't have to be just a story it could be solid information that that's actually useful so that actually is a good point um i may need to reconsider some stuff on that yeah thank you Uh, um when i was back in the day when i was reading in 2017 and 2016 i was reading books to develop myself and some of the books were like uh the seven habits of highly effective teens and then i read the seven habits of highly effective people and um i I gained some good habits i was like i was on fire everything was like working out for me because i was just um implementing whatever i was reading to my life so yeah yeah another book that i read a few years ago is uh called the big leap that that book uh one of the main things i retained from that book was uh this hidden fear that we all have um called the uh, the author describes it as uh, the upper limit problem 
which is basically like your fear of success rather than your fear of fear of failure with anything that you do. Absolutely. Um, that, you know, deep down, you don't really want to succeed as much as you think you do. You know, you, uh, you're a little bit afraid of it or afraid of, you know, good things happening to you and whatnot. And that, I thought that was interesting. So that was a, that was a good book. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's, there's actually a lot of truth to that. And I mean, I'll even, you know, kind of relate that personally is like, I'll be honest, there's times where, you know, I'll say, I don't know why this person's ahead of me or, you know, just kind of relating to my job. Like, I don't know why this person's my, my boss, my senior team manager, my account manager. Um, you know, I, I could definitely be doing it. And then an opportunity arises and I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I'm ready for that interview. I don't know if I want to make that leap yet. Right. Take on that responsibility. Exactly. And that's what it comes down to is I'm content now. I can do what I do well and not have to put a ton of effort into it. But yeah, having more responsibility, there's more room to fail. There's more pressures. You're going to have to adjust a lot in your lifestyle and your time you're committed to. But I think that's valid what you're saying, because you don't want to take a too big of a risk with something that you're not familiar with. And then, like you said, maybe fail at it or uh or it just doesn't you know pan out and as opposed to you sticking with what you already know and what with what you're already good at and what you're already doing and just continuing to progress with that over time you know so i yep. think that's pretty valid like that you would that uh to not take an opportunity like that but some people would argue that you should always take an opportunity when it's given and you know for something higher and i've know, tried for, to convince myself to always be willing to take that opportunity and then the way i look at it is is it not is it something like i know i can be successful at right i don't want to take a position that i may get the position but i know i'm not gonna do well i'm gonna have a ton to learn and am i willing to put in 100 hours a week for the next six months until i've really learned everything because i'm not fully ready for it so you got to figure out your commitment level but on top of that is do I want it, right? You know, do I need what comes with it? Is it going to be a big enough pay difference? Is the time I'm losing with family or even just my free time to do stuff worth it and balancing those things out? But <clears throat> yeah, it's, yeah just, uh, it's just the difference between taking a calculated risk versus, a, you know, just a poor decision or making a poor exactly. decision. Exactly. Tom, so, I think. But, um, go ahead. I think you can do anything you put Plus. your mind to, Tom. And again, you know, that's the, the thing I used to try to convince myself of, or not convince myself of, but keep that rationale. But just because I can do it, do I want to do it? Is it worth it? Right, right, yeah. But isn't the goal of working in a corporation to climb up the ladder? For some people. Okay. Are there, I mean, you worked at, at Sutherland before. Are there plenty of people that are content being agents and you know, have been there for 10 years and, you know, they're the lifers and they don't have any desire to move up. Yeah, that's Doesn't true. Matter. That's true. That's, that's accurate as fuck. Cause I know a lot of people that I try to encourage to go for higher things and they're like, call center's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with it because maybe that is what they want. Maybe they're only there to get the benefits and, and, you know, their, their wife or their husband is the real breadwinner and they're there to, 
to maintain a job, maintain some responsibility, get some health benefits that, that help them and their spouse or their family. And they're doing what's best for them because their real focus is at home and that's where their priorities are or, you know. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, that's valid. That makes sense. But yeah, I think everybody's got to have goals. Everybody's got to be willing to, I think you said it like the big leap. You got to be willing to take that big leap and find what you want to do and then be willing to take that leap. Right. That's that's the hard part where most people, especially in our generations, we're scared to take that big leap because we really don't know what we want to do. We're not willing to commit to something because stuff changes so quick. We're like, yeah, it sounds great now. But what happens tomorrow and next month and next year and, and in five years? Is this really what I want to do? And then we we talk ourselves out of it because everything changes so quick nowadays. Nobody wants to commit to anything. Yeah, that's true. Um, also, you know, when it comes to, uh, doing, doing a job or a career or a business that's, you know, I think it's important that, uh, you do something that fits your personality, your temperament, your strengths, your values, you know, because mm-hmm. if you're totally misaligned or yeah, disaligned and yeah, does not aligned with, uh, your job in any type of way, then not only are you not going to you know, like, or not only are you not going to be happy, but you're not going to perform well at the job either is my claim, you know? For sure. Uh, Absolutely. And and if you do succeed, you have to put way more energy and effort into it to the person that is better aligned with that. And it comes naturally. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. You have to exert way more energy and it just, it stresses you out and, and then it takes your life down a downward spiral if you're not in the right job field, you know? So you gotta just find, you know, your job doesn't have to be perfect. And, you know, no job, career, or business is gonna be perfect necessarily, but it's just, you gotta find something that fits your, like I said, your personality, your temperament, your values, your strengths, and go from there, you know? Agreed. Let me ask Marshall, do you have a a long-term goal do you have and again you know i hate to put you on the spot you know oh, you're good. do you have a, a dream job a, a focal goal uh, like any long-term there's something i have in the works right like something i'm uh contemplating and trying to turn like action you know trying to um implement and put in into reality and that would be to uh like some of my passions would be uh, fitness, music, and video production. So, uh, something to do with like helping people to uh, overcome addictions and uh, various physical and mental health problems using, you know, uh, fitness instruction and uh, self-defense, MMA, boxing, and all that. And, and then, like, that's not really something that most people are doing. You know, it's kind of a a, um, a rare career or business, but that's something I had in mind because that's the only, you know, that's just something I've been thinking about. But for now, I'm in the home improvement field and that definitely uh, is a better fit for me compared to a lot of other jobs I've had, which have been restaurants and warehouses and whatnot, other working class jobs. So I'm content where I'm at now uh, as far as a job goes, but I want to, you know, try to 
um, create something, whether it's a business or a career along the lines of what I was just mentioning before. So are you saying more like, like a digital platform or an app or just a company well, that can cover all those areas? It's tricky because I'm thinking of like, I almost kind of want to open my own gym and be like a instructor. You know, I want to, because like right now I'm at an intermediate level of just fundamentals. You know, I want to master something and, you know, not, I don't want to be a freaking UFC fighter or anything, nothing like that. I just want to be able to master these techniques and then, uh, you know, how, because uh, like basically I'm already doing it in a way. I work with kids, I work with teenagers, I work with people my age and, uh, given the experience and skill level that I have, I've developed through my dad's friend who's the instructor. Now he helps, he lets me help him uh, coach the class and whatnot. And the people seem to, re- you know, like my instruction. Like when I teach them the basics, you know, it's just basic stuff. But like when when um, when I'm instructing them, they seem to really resonate with me, and they, you know, they appreciate my uh, instruction. I, and I think, and you know what, what's cool too is the way I go about helping them. Uh, learn the different kicks and you know combo combos and punching combos and everything they um they they pick up on it so quick when i when i take over and when i teach them how to do it you know nice so you and, you I, know, and I, I love that you know sorry go ahead i didn't mean to cut you off no you're good i was just saying i really like that um i love that aspect of like uh you know seeing like a kid or uh you know a teenager or something I wouldn't say a kid. Most of the people I work with are, you know, 18 and up. But like, anyways, the I like seeing them go from, you know, not knowing anything to being able to do the combo, you know, perfectly or a lot better than they could before. It's just it's pretty cool just watching somebody learn like that uh, as a result of you teaching them, you know. Absolutely. So. And as a parent, I, I can tell you, it's even more rewarding when it's your kid but it's even more interesting when it's not and seeing how you're able to connect with essentially a stranger and, and see their development. So there's definitely a lot of, a lot of really cool stuff I can appreciate from that side. Yeah. Um, you kind of so bond with, you know, you bond with somebody and you, uh, you help them to, you know, it's just, it's cool. I get a good feeling off that when I like, when they're, when they're successful at learning like that new technique or combination. So, I'm thinking of something along the lines of like, you know, running my own gym or like something like that, uh, where so I kind of got my gears going. And you know, when you were kind of describing it, because I felt like it was a little bit—I don't want to say a little bit all over. It's a little bit in all different areas. And I was like, well, how could you do exactly? What, what could you do that? And then I'm thinking, I'm like, a little far Well, no, but you know, interestingly, like a gym and I, I don't even want to necessarily call it a gym but a, a, a center for mind body and soul and you know you mentioned overcoming addictions and trouble in your life and helping people develop you know life skills while also learning martial arts working out physical fitness but really a, a center dedicated to the mind body and soul and not just working one of those areas because when you do start working out you do start tending to feel better and that's when you need that help in that direction where maybe you do have anxiety and concerns and you don't really know what you want to do with your life and you know you could help people that are at those earlier stages in their life or even older right where you could 
offer some additional counseling and some classes about meditation and dealing with social pressures and dealing with ways to to get yourself out in the job market and figure out what you want to do and kind of all have it you know i feel like wow. i'm describing the YMCA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the YMCA. that's funny no but wow that's great man you should be be like my advisor or something that's that's you really built upon what i've already been thinking about you know that's that's really i mean you know it doesn't have to be exactly that but like it's just brainstorming yeah. you know some additional thoughts on top of what i was thinking yeah exactly and like i really like music i think like music and fitness put together has like been helping me like overcome uh addictions that i've had and stay sober off you know like drinking and drugs and everything yeah. and uh so like it, it's really been a profound transformation for me so i want to kind of help other people to do that and i was thinking also like having different sections of a gym like there's like a room dedicated towards one genre of music and then one and a different type of workout and then another room dedicated towards a different genre of music and a different type of workout you know to make it kind of, yeah. kind of a unique uh system or center you know so these are all some ideas i have in the works you know it's kind of a dream of mine I, don't, I can't think of I've you know taken courses on trying to figure out you know what I'm trying to do long term and, th and this is what I've come up with so far so that's all I got yeah, I like it you know one thing you know not to go too far into like the business side of it but one challenge you might have with different sections being for different genres of music is that you then need multiples of the same thing so you can then have different rooms or different sections with those but if you did it yeah. where on certain days monday is metal monday and you know anyone that, that's big into metal or you know you know some heavy rock stuff can work out on those days tuesdays is you know take it easy tuesdays with you know <laughs> chill relaxing right, right. self self-focused music you know just you know low-key yeah that's awesome in that way you know you can kind of get people in on certain days that mesh with each other better because they have similar music tastes they know what type of crowd's going to be there type of music it's going to be playing and you could actually kind of foster building more connections amongst your own community of people going there based on some just subtle what's the word similarities that they have between each other yeah that's brilliant yeah what was the challenge that you see that you were seeing with that is, is that, that if you were seeing if you did it in different sections where like it, every day it's different sections it would be hard because you would need a weight room cardio bikes for yeah it would be a big investment or like i would need to you know i don't know it'd be a, it's kind of a lot that goes into that but um but, but if it's you do still, it you know, alternates idea, by yeah. the day if it alternates by the day you don't need as much capital investment because you don't need three sets of weight machines three sets of bike equipment three sets of cardio your whole gym is one thing with one theme for that day mm -hmm. and it's just oh, okay, yeah that. yeah that's even better right yeah that's that's a really good idea wow yeah i mean you just you just really i'm i'm impressed man honestly because you just really built upon what i was already uh brainstorming so that's you know that's really on point i i really like the way uh you know, really like those ideas. But he's still a libertarian, so watch, watch it. <laughs> People can have whatever political view they want, Moss. <laughs> and as a libertarian, 
I leave everybody the right to do what they need to for themselves. So <laughs> I don't impose it on anybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So it's like uh, it's an hour and thirty-five minutes. So we should call it call it here. Um, yeah, Marshall, uh, tell them where they can find you. Marshall? Uh, I think we lost him. Tom, do you want to tell them where they can find you? Yeah, so my name's Tom Hasek. Uh, You guys can't really find me anywhere because I don't do social media, but you can always catch me here on the podcast. Or, uh, you know, if you happen to use Facebook and and find me on there, more power to you, but I'll be around. All right. You can find me on... uh, my name is Masia Madza. You can find me on YouTube on Freedom Phantom. It's my uh, self de- self uh, development uh, platform. And Marshall, are you back? Yeah, I'm back. Tell them where they can find you, bro. As I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, you can find me on um, Victory Fitness on on YouTube. It's a channel in the works that I have going on. And uh, also, I wanted to mention next week. Um, stay tuned because. We're going to have some very special guests on the way. My two co-workers, Michael and Joe. Michael Cassese and Joe Romagnolo. So they're on their way <laughs> to this podcast. And it's excited a, to have them aboard. It's Michael Angelo Cassese. Yeah, if you really want to say his whole government name, thanks a <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you would want you to say that. I don't think you mind. I don't think you mind. All right. Remember, if you disagree with any anything we said, Pardon your Spartans. Thank you. Take care.